I want to quickly jump into a sermon series that the Lord has put in my heart for this month and for the next couple of weeks that we're going to dive together, learn from God's Word. And sometimes it's very important for us to, when we are learning new stuff, we might have to unlearn the old uh, you know, uh, things that have not been benefited and essential and something that God is wanting us to change over time. Uh, when the Lord brings a new revelation to us, it's very important for us to take it and set that as a platform for us and our families to grow. For the next couple of Sundays, I want to take our church on a journey titled as My Church. My Church. I have two kids at home. And now both of them are the age when they are fighting for their toy. Josiah loves dinosaurs and we have a million of them. And thank you, a lot of church families keep buying him dinosaurs. Uh, but here's the uh, thing, you know, like both our kids now love dinosaurs and they keep fighting for which is mine. Ariana would come and take hers and that's the exact dinosaur that Josiah wants to play with too. You know, so they keep fighting over that. And uh, I was just listening to Ariana, who has barely started talking. And uh, she, uh, you know, brings in her gibberish and few words here and there. But one of the things that she very clearly and audibly mentions out loud is, this is mine. This is mine. To what Josiah would shout at the top of his voice, competing with his baby sister, who is just a year and a half. They have so much personality here. Josiah would say, no, this is mine. And it's for a parent, for us to just sit back and watch them at this age is probably cool. You know, like, wow, they are talking to each other. They're fighting with each other. But I know a lot of our parents here might have witnessed and seen this as your kids are growing up. This is mine. I want to turn title my sermon series for the next couple of Sundays as my church, my church. Listen, anything that God has given to you, we must take the ownership of it to protect it no matter what. If God has brought us to a place that is nourishing you, helping you, nurturing you, enabling your family to grow, attain all of God's blessings, right? Not the materialistic, but the spiritual as well included in this. We must protect everything God has given to us. Today, I want to talk to our church about in Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. It says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. I did not give the scriptures out to a worship team for today. But uh, today, the songs that we were singing was, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And that just gave me a confirmation that something that God wants to do through this house is want to make a declaration here, Lord, I'm coming back to you. Simple and easy sentence, Lord, I'm coming back to you. My heart is, I'm coming back to you. I've been... I've been, um, I've been walking away. I've been in a lot of other places, but I'm coming back to you. Along with my family, I'm coming back to you. Joel chapter 2 verse 12 says, Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Joel chapter 2 verse 25 says, The Lord says, I will give you back what you have lost. Everything that you have lost in your life. Might be your years, might be your job, whatever, your peace, whatever 
you have lost in the course of journey, God says, when my church decides to come back to me, when my congregation, when my children, when each of us decide to come back to everything that we lost, God says, I will repay back. I will give you back everything that you lost. And as I mentioned today, I want some of us to receive this as a prophetic word for you or your family member or your child. And I declare this, the Lord saith, I will give you back what you have lost. Brother, sister, if you have lost anything in the presence of God, when you make a declaration to come closer to Him, and I declare this is a message for our church today, we will receive what we have lost. That's the word of God. Matthew chapter 16, I have a lot of scriptures today. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus makes this bold statement looking at His disciples. He says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Whose church Jesus is building? Jesus is not building my church. Jesus is not building just Zion. Jesus is not building any individual church. Jesus says, I will build my church. This is Jesus' church. Praise the Lord. He is saying that I will build my church. Not thoughts in the past, not thoughts right now, or any thoughts in the future will ever overcome it. Kingdoms have rose and kingdoms have vanished away, but the church of God is still alive, active and beating, and moving forward like nothing else has ever happened in its life. Jesus' word gives us a declaration here, I will build my church. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. My church, I will build my church and I want every one of us in this room who call themselves as a child of God to understand God, Zion is the place where you have planted us, you have rooted us and this is my church. This is my church. I want to take your attention towards the next uh, couple of Sundays as we dive into that. Today, I want to look into a passage uh, uh, and a topic uh, that is boiling in my heart ever since I came across this whole portion here. Today, I want to talk to my church about being passionate about God. If there's one thing that when we call, this is my church, if there is one thing that when people see you, right? Anybody out in the street or community or your workspace see you, I want them to notice that you are passionate about God. When they see you passionate for the things of God, they will know that the church is a group of people, believers, brothers and sisters who are passionate about God. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. I want everybody outside to notice this. That this brother, this sister, this family, they are passionate for the things of God. What is passion? Listen. A strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement or about doing something. A strong feeling of enthusiasm. A strong feeling of excitement. That this is what I care about. This is what I long for. This is what I live for. Praise the Lord. Listen, the creative force behind all great art, all great drama, all great music, all great architecture, all great writing is passion. People have accomplished the things that many others could not because of passion. Are you with me? 
the greatest movies that Hollywood has produced, the greatest architectures that we have seen outside. Why? Because it boils down to one thing. They are passionate about doing what they are doing. Passion is what energizes life. Passion makes the impossible possible. Passion gives you a reason to get up every single morning and go. I'm going to do something great in my life today. That's passion. Though it's icy and cold outside, but I'm passionate about my job. I'm passionate about what I'm going to do. I'm passionate about the church that I'm part of. Though it is, the conditions are hard in my life, but I am passionate and passion will wake you up in the morning. Every person who have accomplished something in their life, they've been passionate about doing the impossible. The moment you're passionate about doing those things, brother, sister, there is nothing as impossible in your life. Every roadblock of impossibilities will be taken out the moment you will declare, I am passionate about doing this. It might be a relationship, it might be a job, it might be your education, it might be the area of influence, circle of influence God, where God has put you around. A people that you're mentoring probably. A place where you're ministering, you're pouring out. You know, a lot of people would ask me, and I always tell them, it is my greatest joy to be a pastor. Not this at this church, but ever since the Lord called me, I love what I do. I love my job. Not that we don't have challenges. And I know a lot of people, we have different kinds of challenges that come to our life. But we are passionate about doing things what God has asked us to do. And I want our church to understand this season in our talks, in our attitude, in our behavior, wherever we are, when people watch us, let them see that you are passionate about the things of God. Passionate what mobilizes armies into action. Passion is what causes explorers to boldly go into places where no man has ever gone. Passion is what causes scientists to spend late night hours to invent and cure dreaded diseases. Passion is what takes a good athlete and turns him into him or her into a great athlete where they are breaking the records. You have got to have passion in your life. And I pray this season, we find our passion in God, in the things of God. I know we might be people here seated in this room. You're passionate about other things that God has brought in the circle of your influence, your job, your family, things that God is doing through you. you you're passionate about the talents God has given in your life. Wonderful, brother. Wonderful. But with everything God has put in your life, honor Him. Honor the one who has already given you the resources for everything. You claim that is mine? Brother, before it was yours, it was given it to you. The relationship that I say, you know what? This is my girlfriend. This is my wife. This is my child. God gave it to me. And the way I take care of the relationships around me is the way I am honoring God. That's how people notice me. I am passionate about the things of God. The place of ministry where God has put us. I know there are two young boys sitting right behind the camera. There are people in the media room. There are people in the live stream media. There are people on social. There are people who do behind the scenes at our church. 
Last night, uh, there were a group of people who were tearing down after the sisterhood and, you know, they, uh, uh, they were trying, you know, making sure the service happens today. And when people walk in, they don't walk into garbage. They walk into a place where they can sit and worship and honor God. Why do we do that? Because we are passionate about the things of God. And I pray this season in the life of every individual here, find out your passion, what God has put in your heart, your talent that God has put in your heart and honor God with that. In an American church, I don't have to talk about finances because we have this mindset of having a subscription mentality. I've subscribed to the Netflix. I've subscribed to Disney. I've subscribed to things. So because I've subscribed, if something goes wrong, I call up Netflix. If something goes wrong, I call up the agency. I call up whatever because I'm paying for it. And because I'm paying for it, I need always, I should be at the receiving end of it. Listen, I don't need to talk about finances at a, at a church here in the US. We all give to God. But one of the things that we can actually honor God with is our time. And today's world, we are all busy with a lot of things. But if you're really passionate about something, you will give your time to it. Not just your money. Wonderful. There are people here who contribute above and beyond. In two weeks, we will have a business meeting where we will share what all God has done through the generous giving of this church. Last year, we have done and we have gone above and beyond our capacity in feeding and in, in, in giving out and in different places and pastors and ministers who have come in this place. I'm thankful because this is a giving church. And I pray that going forward, we will not lose in what we have started doing it. But one of the things and one of the areas where I want to bring our church's attention is, brothers and sisters, when we are passionate about doing something, when we are passionate about something, we pour in our time as well. Your time is valuable. One day a man walks up to Jesus and he said, Lord, what is the most important thing in the Bible? He comes to Jesus and wants to have a regular conversation. He asks, Lord, what is the most important thing in the Bible? What is that one most great commandment that I have to follow? Jesus said, I, I want to let you know, Jesus said, I want you to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. All your heart, all your soul, your mind, and your strength. Everything that you call yourself as a being, as a living being, everything that makes you active and living, I want you to take all of it and worship and honor God and worship and serve God. Never keep anything for yourself. With all your heart, heart is the seat of human emotions. We're all emotional beings. The seat of our emotions. God says, with all your heart, I want you to serve and honor God. What is the greatest commandment, Jesus, that you would like to give to the New Testament church here at Zion? I am giving you this one thing that Jesus mentioned 2,000 years ago. Church, let's be a church that seeks Him with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our inner being, our soul. Let's be a church that serves Him. 
Listen, church. Mark chapter 11, verse 30 says, Jesus said, love the Lord, um, your God with, you know, if I would like to paraphrase the, the, the scripture that I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your, your mind and your strength. If I paraphrase that, I love, this is how it would go. Mark chapter 11, verse 30 is the scripture that we read, right? It, this is how it would, it would go in the message translation. That Jesus said, love the Lord, your God, with all your passion. The word heart in the Greek and the Hebrew in the Old Testament and the New Testament put together, the word passion roots up with saying that this is where you put your heart to. With all your heart. In, a, in the message translation, this is how it goes. Love the Lord God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. Praise the Lord. Our passion. It's easier to sing this beautiful song when our worship team is killing it with the best of the best on crew and social or wherever. Lord, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's easier to join along with the crowd and sing it. But today, before we return back to our homes and places where God has taken us, I pray that it won't be a collective crowd chanting those songs or singing along with the worship team here, but it will be an individual commitment where we declare, Lord, I'm coming back to you. Lord, I'm coming back to you. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your passion, with your prayer. With all that I am, I just want to honor God. With all that God has given to my family, we just want to honor Him. And I pray that a group of people will rise up in this space that will say, God, we want to honor you with everything you have provided. Can I hear an amen? With all that you have provided in my life, we just want to honor you, Lord. I'm declaring this prophetically for the year 2022 as we dive into the sermon series. I see a church where the people have found a relationship with God instead of religion. And their living for God is no longer a duty, but it is a delight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's no longer a duty. When it is a duty and every single day you keep doing the same old thing that you have done, you know, we become very monotonous because we have done it in the past. We have done it last Sunday. We have done it last week. We have done it every other week. So it's the same thing. It's the same beat up schedule that we are following every single Sunday. No, I don't want to follow God because it's a duty. I want to do it because it's a delight to be in His presence. It fills my heart with joy. When I come and walk into God's presence, it's my delight. When I talk to my loved one, the joy that you have, it's my delight to talk to my God. It's my delight. I see a church. I pray that to the ministries of our church this year, in all our campuses and everything that God has entrusted us with, we might be small in number, brothers and sisters, but I pray this group of people will rise up to say, and I prophetically declare for the year 2022, I see a church where people have found a relationship with God and not religion. Uh, uh, I see a church where people are living for God no longer as a duty, but it's a delight. 
every service, everything that God has given to me, I'm going to just honor and come to Him. Not when I'm scheduled to do something. Not when I'm asked to do something where it's easier to do so. But I'm just going to show up because this house is the house where God's presence dwells. This is the space where the presence of our Almighty God is dwelling. And I want to come back and be in the presence of God. Worship the God Almighty with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. It's very true that today we also see a church, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. These people, and it's a warning to our church, I want to talk just about Zion. But if I'm allowed to speak this message into somebody else, and if you're watching us from some other location, another church, might be a warning for your church as well. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Listen to this church. I can prophetically speak in this group and charge up and spice up our audience right now. But also I need to mention the warning that God's scripture brings to us today. It says, these people honor me with their lips. It's easier to honor God. It's easier to show that we are honoring God with our lips. God knows the heart of every individual here. It is easier these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. I pray this won't be Zion. I pray this won't be any church under our influence. I pray this won't be any of our ministries that God has birthed out of this church for years to go, for generations to come. I pray this church will stand in the teachings of our Almighty God. That we worship and we honor God, not in vain. Our hearts won't be far away from God, but we bring ourselves to Him and say, God, I need you more than anything else. I need you, Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, when Anisha and I, we got married and uh, we met each other in 2010. We talked to each other for almost two years before we decided this is the one. She decided this is the one. It's a wonderful two years, long distance. Every time I picked up, the, picked up my phone to talk to her, or she did, you know, joy just to talk to her. We'd, back in those days, we didn't have all these social media and up, you know, it's all great, wonderful now. We had to wake almost a week or two weeks just to talk to each other. Whatever we did, we scheduled. Whatever we did, I didn't allow anybody to walk into my room. I just locked myself up and I said, this is my time away. <laughs> we had Skype and we Skyped each other. We talked to each other. She would tell all her stories. I would tell all my stories that happened in the last one week, the people I met and wherever I went to preach. And she would say the same thing, the joy that I had. When we got married, we continued on that. And one of the things that I still remember as we were talking to each other, we met each other and we started talking to each other. One of the things that she mentioned it to me and I mentioned it to her is that as long as I live, I just want to honor God. Passionately honor God. Simple. And she did the same. She mentioned, as long as I live, 
I pray together. She completed the sentence. She said, together we should honor God. In our relationships, find yourself somebody who will draw yourself closer to God. People, a lot of singles in this room today. A lot of singles. You know the kind of text messages I get, like on social media, people are asking me, Pastor, more on the, more on the, you know, they keep asking me because they know that our church has a lot of singles here. I am thankful for all our young people in this group. But I pray, find yourself somebody that will draw you near to Jesus. Together you for, become a force unsuperable, unstoppable, that will honor God for generations to come. Lord, I want to build a church that is passionate for God. I want to build a group of people that is passionate about the things of God. I won't sit back and complain, but I'm going to just honor Him with my time, honor Him with my resources. I pray at Zion will birth out group of people who will stand up to declare, Lord, I am passionate about you. I am passionate about winning souls for your kingdom. Have we lost it somewhere at church? When was the last time when we gathered together to pray, Lord, I am praying for that brother. I'm praying for that family. I'm praying for that sister. I'm praying for my neighbor. I'm praying for my colleague. I am praying for them, oh Lord, that they will see Jesus in their life. Brother, sister, listen to me. It's a warning for our church. It's one thing to pray about it. It's another. And the most important thing is to walk the way that they would see that you're passionate about God. Because the next time you walk into church, they will follow you into church. I am passionate about God. Let everything that I do from Monday to Saturday reflect what I've been taught on a Sunday morning. I am passionate about the things of God. Three areas that I want to talk to my church about today. Three areas, very quick. I want to dive into that. Number one, we call ourselves, we are passionate about God this year. We've been passionate about God. Three things that I want to focus on this year in all our ministries that we do here at church and starting today. Number one, and I want our church to be called, not because of we have all the cool lights and whatever God has provided and blessed us with. All is wonderful. The first and foremost thing, I am passionate about prayer of this church. Passion for prayer. For a lot of us, prayer is more like a, a duty that we do. A duty that we follow. Oh, I need to pray because my dad said so, my amachi said so, my grandparents said so. I need to pray because there's something that I'm missing out if I don't pray. That's more like a duty that somebody has put in your schedule, which is good. But from there, you have to grow in the relationship of God that even though you finish like 15 minutes of prayer or one hour of prayer or two hours of prayer, brother, sister, you will not find time as lost time. You will be like, God, I am thankful pouring out in His presence. I pray that a group of young people from our church will rise up in this group. A group of young married couples will rise up from here. A group of families will rise up from here who are passionate about prayer, brothers and sisters. There is nothing that a church can be stopped when the church arises together to come together to pray. When an individual prays, when a family prays, there's no weapon that can ever stop you. Kingdoms have come, kingdoms have gone. But the church that have earnestly sought out in prayer has always seen the hand of God work in their life. 
I want to declare this. Kingdoms have come. Kingdoms have gone. Rulers have come. Rulers have gone. But any church that has stayed together, stayed together, come together to pray, has seen the hand of God work in their life. Peter was in the jail. You know what the scripture says? Peter was in the jail, but the church prayed earnestly. Oh, I want to see a group of people in this space here who would say, God, you know what? In the midst of our persecution, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of rejection and all that the world is going through, but the church arises to pray. But Zion comes together to pray. You're passionate about prayer. You're passionate about prayer. I want to church this year. Every single member here, every single member listening to me right now, if there is one thing I want my church to be known for is that this is a group of passionate people for Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else matters in this life. Can I have the worship team behind me? Nothing else matters in this life more than us seeking the Lord with all our heart. Let's not get lost in the things of the world, brothers and sisters. Everything else is the sinking sand but I stand on the faithfulness of God, the promises of heaven. And I'm coming back today to say, God, I seek you. God, I seek you. I'm passionate about you. Passionate about prayer. Listen, Matthew chapter 21, verse 13 says, It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer. But you're making it a den of robbers. When I was reading the scripture, I was so passionate about studying the, you know, as a pastor, when I, God gives me something to prepare, I go and look into my sermon so that um, I don't want to preach something that is not theologically relevant, that's not theologically right. And as I was reading the scripture, the Holy Spirit was putting my heart, Justin, you need to pray for yourself and the team of people that God has brought around you in your ministry going forward. That as long as you minister, that you will minister in a group of people and train them up that they become a group of prayer warriors, intercessors. When the church loses its essence in prayer, you know what the church becomes? The church becomes a den of robbers. I pray that as Zion, as a church, as a family, when we gather together, we are known as a church that prays. Nations will tremble, demonic oppressions will leave, anxiety will leave, sicknesses will be healed when the church arises together to pray. Brothers and sisters, be passionate about God. Be passionate about prayer life. Let us come back to Him. Let us come back to Him. Make prayer our first response, not our last resort. Any trouble that we go through, make prayer our first response, not our last resort. Not something that in the end, I didn't get to do it, so I'm going to just pray. No, let it be the first response to a trialing situation that I'm facing. Second thing I want to bring your attention towards is, I want our church to be known as, can I have the house lights a little bit more? Uh, passion for praise and worship. 
Oh, I've known every single newcomer who walks into our church. They always say this, Pastor, I love the atmosphere of worship here. I walked in with, you know, I was meeting with a, a brother two weeks ago, family actually two weeks ago. And, you know, then Pastor, we, we, New, new family that walked into our church and they're like, Pastor, I walked in with so much burden and so much that I was going through. But in the midst of the worship set, listen to this, in the midst of the worship set, it almost felt like somebody was touching me and taking my burden away. Zion, when I am thankful for this being a church that worships God. But let us continue the passion for worship, passion for praise and worship. Like I said, it is, it is easier to worship Him, to honor Him when a group is actually leading us. When they are leading us in a time of praise and worship, it is easier to sing along with them. It is easier to stay with the crowd. But I challenge some people today, not because you are in the crowd, but you as an individual person, what's your response? to the presence of our Almighty God today. Passion for praise and worship. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20 to 22. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 20 to 22 is a scripture portion that talks to us about David and how he killed Goliath and he walks back and when he has achieved the great, uh, you know, uh, miraculous feat, uh, he is coming back and when he's coming back, he's worshiping God. And we know that he forgot himself to be throned as the king. He forgot himself as who he is. He removed his clothes and started worshiping God on the streets naked. And as he does that, when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today disrobing himself in the sight of the slave girls, of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. Listen to the scripture. David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone when he appointed me as the ruler over the Lord's people. I will celebrate before the Lord and I will become more, even more undignified than this. Some of us can worship only when the cool lights are on, only when the haze machine is on point, everything is wonderful. It's a message to all the church, the ministry teams of our church as well. Even when there is nothing, even when there is no music, whatever, no lights to show you and make you stand outstanding here. Look at what David says. It was not your father who made me the king. Even before your father made me the king of a God's people, my God has called me. My God has marked me. My God has appointed me 
as the I'm not worshiping because your father made me the king. I'm worshiping because God made me the king. I'm worshiping and honoring God because he has done the miraculous. I was nobody. I was just a shepherd out in the jungles, out in the wilderness taking care of my sheep. My dad did not know I even existed, but my God who has called me while I was just grazing and taking care of my sheep, I worship and I honor God. A lot of us seated here, brothers and sisters, what is our response to the greatest salvation? He has called me. He has saved me. He has separated me. What is my response? I'm asking this church, what is our response? Don't be like any other person walking on the streets today, driving down a or on 75 on George Bush. You have a reason to worship God. Because you know who your maker is. You know who your creator is. I am not alive because somebody said so. I am not earning this because I work in a good fortune 500 company. No, God gave the breath in my nostrils and I'm going to honor Him. I have a decision to make in this room. I will honor Him because I passionately love God. Number one, passion for prayer. Number two, passion for praise and worship. We give God what he deserves, not what we feel. It's two different things. We, we give God what he deserves, brothers. What we feel changes when I feel something greater or different in the next Sunday. Next Sunday when I walk in and you are waiting for the worship team to sing those beautiful melody, beautiful song, beautiful worship set. If something goes wrong, if something goes unplanned, out of the schedule, what are we going to do? I feel differently today, so I'm not going to worship Him. Well, I felt good last Sunday because everything was on point. This Sunday, nothing is adding up. It doesn't make sense. Brother, sister, you don't walk into church. You don't gather into any worship place for a man. You come from the man, Son of God, Jesus Almighty. We come to worship and to honor God. And we give to Him what He deserves, not what I feel. My feelings change, but what He deserves is utmost praise. My lips of clay will never forget to honor God. I repeat, my lips of clay will never forget to honor God in worship. The third thing that I want a church to be known for you're passionate about God this year. My church is passionate about God. Three things that I pointed out to my church. Number one, passion for prayer. I will show up in all services. Whatever prayer meeting, if I have the time, the energy, the strength, I will show up. If I can't, I will still show my fellowship through the social media that is available, through the group me that is available, through the WhatsApp that is available. I will reach out to people, pray for them. Passion for praise and worship. I'll honor God with my time. The third most important thing that any church in the New Testament should be known for is that we are passionate about people. Passion for people. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm passionate about the people. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do it. Do it. I am passionate about people. I am passionate about people. <laughs> I am passionate, not just about your wife, but people. 
I am passionate about people. John chapter 3 verse 16. Even if I wake somebody up in their sleep, they will quote the scripture right. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. We as a church, we are passionate about people. Why? Because God is passionate about people. Passion for people. And that's why I asked this question. When was the last time you and your family pray, prayed for that unsaved brother, sister, family that you know who is in your family? You've accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, but when was the last time when we shared the love of God to people? There's a great mistake a lot of people are making. You know, when I did ministry back in India, I did not walk around the streets of Bangalore to make every Hindu a Christian, every Muslim a Christian. I just wanted to show them that Jesus in me, they walk with me. There's so many people started coming to our church in Bangalore who were still following all of their rituals. But they saw something different in the church. Being passionate about people is not you going out to convert people. Are you with me, church? We missed the point. Being passionate about people is not to go and make everybody a Christian. No, you show who you are as a child of God. Let them watch you. I am passionate about God. I want to help people who are broken. I want to be a voice to people who have not received justice. Can we be that church? People who were dejected, rejected by communities. I want to be a voice to them. Can we be that church? I'm passionate about people. It's easy to name call somebody and push them out. But can I tell you, let's invite people into God's house. Why? Because we are passionate about people. John chapter 20 verse 24. But my life, listen to this very carefully. John chapter 20, verse 24. NLT version says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the finishing work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Every person in this room, if you have your Bibles with you, if your phone, iPad, whatever, highlight this scripture today. Highlight this verse today. Memorize and pray over this scripture. That if there's a purpose for our life, brother, sister, watching me online today, if there's a purpose for our life, listen, Acts chapter 20 verse 24 should stand out, should encourage us, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the finishing work of Jesus assigned to me by my Lord and Savior. What is that work? Telling others about the good news, about the wonderful grace of God. Praise the Lord. You and me, we must continue sharing the love and the grace of God. Judgment is about God. It's, it's God's duty to judge the world. 
It is Him who judges. He has never appointed you as the judge over anybody. 